Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, August 1st, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, as you might have noticed, and uh, with me in a moment will be Jake, but first I have to call him and see uh, what he's doing. He might be sleeping, he might be dreaming, he might be dreaming of me. Um, if that was the case, then that would explain why he actually kissed me, but uh, let's give it a shot. Hello, that's awfully quiet. Oh, yeah? I can turn myself up a bit. Hmm. I think <laughs> I... Why, that sounds lovely. Awesome. How you doing, Mr. Skullhead? I'm assuming we're on the... I'm assuming we're on the air. We are. We are dans le... dans le air. We are being recordando. Estamos recordando, si. Right, How's it going, man? We got stuff. Uh, I'm happy about the way our Kickstarter's going. Cool. That seems to be uh, edging up on 500% funded this evening. Neat. I mean, it's going uh, like a little bit slower every day. Which yeah, well, I mean, which I feel like is as you expect, right? I mean, you, yeah. like there are people who want to give money because the thing, you know, deserves to exist. And that person doesn't necessarily like, you know, if I see a Kickstarter project that's really cool but it's already funded, I'm like, well, you know, I should support a different project that's really cool, you know, because this, this one's yeah. already going. And that's cool. And we're getting a uh, we're getting a lot of people now who are pledging the $11 or the $6 or the $3, which is cool because that means they just want to read the thing. And that's good. I mean, that's that's a lot better indicator in my mind of the, like, how many of the second issue we're going to sell. Right. Right, which is kind of which is kind of the critical thing. I mean, like I feel like the, the printing is basically paid for, for yeah. all six at this point, right? Or is it not? It is the the artist is not paid for for all six. Well, so I mean, okay, so basically one or the other of the printing or the artist is paid for for all six. Yeah, like we can we can print a couple thousand copies of all six. The way we are now, we're sitting at about four, uh, thirteen or fourteen hundred copies are already promised out. Okay. Through the Kickstarter, so I may end up picking up three thousand. Okay. So we we probably you know based on I think as long as we've got the lead time, I think we base the print run of the second one on how many we sell of the first one beyond what's what are already promised out, kind of. Huh. And then the print run of the third based on how the second does, if we can. I mean, I don't I don't know how long it takes to actually get the things printed. I don't know. That's, that's what, I mean, this is your project. You, you're the one to decide how you're going to do that. But the printing's like a couple of weeks, but the, the drawing is what takes the time. But I mean, it, it's going to get to the point where we have to sell some in order to make it so the next one can exist, and figuring out how to kind of spread that. And not even risk, but I mean, just spread that arithmetic across yeah. is going to be potentially tricky. Presumably, the kind most, of decision that that yeah. you know an MBA would know immediately how to make or somebody from the NBA yeah I was thinking or just B.A. Baracus well sure first we'd have to trick him into getting on a plane by drugging his milk because apparently that's what big gigantic badass people drink before they go on a plane of course nice glass of warm milk um, you had some internet problems I hear tell yeah I feel slightly guilty because I so we had like big boom thunder lights flickered internet went out and I've been kind of champing at the bit Comcast said that there was an outage in the area and so finally got through to somebody and just kind of chewed on him a little bit like no yes I have reset my router yes I have reset the cable like 
There's an outage in my area. Well, I'm showing you're fine. Well, I'm not. There's an outage. And he finally had me just plug the, uh, the computer directly into the modem, and it worked fine. Ow. So that sucks. At least he had the, the good grace to not go, See, motherfucker, I told you it's your router. Like, well... No, I doubt if he had the good grace to do that. I imagine he had the uh, possibility of the call being recorded for quality assurance not to do that. You know, I think if if he had said, I told you it was your router, motherfucker, I think that I would have, like, taken the little survey at the end of the call just to rate him up. Yeah. Do they always give you the survey at the end of the call? Well, I usually opt out of it, but if I had known that there was badassery such as that in the works, I probably would have taken Mm. it. So, yeah, got me a... you doing? Just stirring my drink. Oh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, some lemonade with some sweet tea vodka and some ginger liqueur in it. Huh. So like a Japanese Russian Arnold Palmer. Exactly. Cool. Arnold San Palmerovov. Ski. <laughs> Ski. Uh, I don't know why I think of uh, ginger as Japanese. It's because of sushi and your hard feelings about pickled ginger, I feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was exposed to just as much ginger from Mexico as from, uh, as from Japan, and even more from Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the sexy ginger, though. That's the ginger you like. So I got home after you were like, hey, my internet's working, we can do a show, and I was like, woo, so I, I, I ran home, and uh, then uh, my internet was all fucky. Huh. And slow, and I and I tried the Skype test call, and it was all like, you can hear my voice, robot woman. Because uh, that's what a robot woman sounds like. Uh, so then I went, uh, uh, there's a real clusterfuck in my house. So there's the cable modem, which is plugged into a wireless router downstairs, which uh, just never worked for hmm. me. It worked for everybody else. Every other computer in the house was able to connect to it, but no computer that I own was ever able to, to attach to it. So I, uh, I just ran a cable out a downstairs window and up into my room from, uh, the, from the wireless router. Sure. And I plugged it into my computer, and that was fine until there were suddenly regularly multiple computers in this room that needed it. So then I put another wireless router up here just acting as a hub, and suddenly I can connect wirelessly to that one and it works, but when it comes time to like, oh, I should bounce, I should bounce everything to see if it's going to work. I have to like unplug three things, go downstairs. Well, I have to unplug one thing, go downstairs, unplug two things, plug two things back in, go back upstairs, plug another thing in. And there's just a variety of ways in which the timing will make that not work until I cycle through several of them another bunch of times. Uh, but I figured out the problem. There was a there was a bug in the downstairs router. Uh, by which I mean a, a live scorpion hanging out underneath it. Really? I don't think that was... Uh, yeah, there really was. I don't think that was the problem. Did I you mean, bring one I of guess the, the chickens in to eat it? The scorpion could have been uh, downloading porn, I guess. Mm-hmm. Scorpion porn. Eight scorpions, one cockroach. I think if we were titling our episodes like the Advice Hot Dog episodes, then scorpion porn would be the clear winner already. Ooh. Man, you could have like a you could have like a barely legal orgy, uh, which is just a bunch of scorpions fucking on the back of a larger scorpion. Oh yeah, I had a kind of a funny idea, uh, which I thought might uh, make it in as a KOL monster at some point. But it's uh, the double scorpion, which is like a scorpion, one of whose uh, babies never moved out. Ha! 
So it's just a full-size scorpion on the back of a, an older female scorpion. I see. Yeah. Uh, that requires I thought that you to, Yeah, it is funny, but it requires an understanding of insect uh, culture. Are they insects or are they arachnids? I think they're arachnids. They have eight legs. Uh. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it requires an understanding that we could certainly put in the description. That's true. And you know, we, could either, we could either just write it like a science textbook and lampshade it yeah. or, uh, you know, hint at it so that people would look it up and learn it on their own. Because yeah. knowing is half the battle when it comes to scorpion breeding practices. The more you know, the more you are approaching 50% of the battle. Uh, man, I saw my first, uh, when I, I went out on a scorpion hunt, like before I left for San Diego and I saw my first scorpion with babies on back hmm. and, uh, it was fucking creepy. It kind of acts as camouflage, uh, against the one favor God did us in our battle against the scorpions, which was to make them fluoresce under a blacklight. The babies apparently don't have whatever that is yet oh. that makes them fluoresce. So they kind of camouflage it. So it's like, oh, that looks like, uh. Looks like there's a scorpion with, like, a rock on its back, and then you get closer, and it's like, nope, that's not a rock. It's a wriggling mass of horror. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Uh, and it's cool. I killed, I, I smashed him with the chisel, but then some of the babies started running up the chisel, and I was like, fuck, 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 nah, ah, so, I would have gone for heart. fire at that point. I got my, uh, got my heart raisin. Got my heart raisin. You know, I'm the glad. raisin. The raisin that I replaced my heart with after I made that really ill-advised deal with the devil. Uh, so yeah, I did. I did that. Um, I mowed the lawn at the office today. That's uh, start start up a lot of hornets, but uh, didn't get stung by any of them. You mowed it yourself? Yeah, I started doing. I, it got to the point where it was. It's such a it's such a small lawn that it was just kind of ridiculous to keep paying landscapers to deal with it. Sure. So, like, once we figured out how we, to work the sprinklers on our own, and I already owned a lawnmower that I was never using for anything, so I figure I can spend an hour a month to save the, I don't know, 150 bucks a month that it was costing to have somebody else mow that lawn. It's kind of silly. I didn't make that deal myself. That was a legacy of some older times. Uh, but, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, it didn't get the lawnmower. I was hoping the lawnmower ferry would arrive while I was in San Diego, but it didn't happen, so there was a month of growth. It took a while. A lot of oranges, uh, which I used to just like painstakingly collect all of the oranges and throw them away. But this time I was like, you know what? I bet this lawnmower could fuck up an orange. Ooh, did it? And it did. Fucked That's up a lot of oranges and it made it smell real good. It was like, mmm, cut grass and refreshing orange juice. Although I have to say, that porn plot device where there's a guy out mowing the yard on a hot day and a woman comes out with a glass of lemonade and then he follows her inside and fucks her. Mm -hmm. There's no way that would happen because the lemonade at that point is so much more appealing than the woman that that's just not the way that's not the way the priorities would go down. So we need to rewrite it so that he drinks the lemonade while he's having sex with her. Yeah, at the very least. Gotcha. I can see you multitasking that a little bit. Mm. Um, I didn't even have any lemonade. I just drank water. It's what plants crave. Uh, yeah, it's fucking hot here. Not so bad up in here. We got, uh, got a little cooling trend going on. Uh, we snuck off to see Harry Potter last night. Oh, yeah? That How was, was that? That was excellent. It was very, very good. Had you seen the pre- the first half of the seventh film? Yeah, I've seen- I've seen them all as they came out. Mm. So, it's good. And it's this good stuff. And held up? 
they uh, they managed to do the epilogue. I would argue, actually making it kind of make sense thematically. Yeah. And it felt a lot more tied into the rest of the series than it did in the book, where it just kind of felt kind of tacked on. Mm-hmm. And they did a little bit to the Voldemort-Harry fight, tweaked it just enough so it wasn't just down to, like, obscure rules of wand lore. So, yeah, I don't good. remember really anything about the later books. I've got I've got images here and there. I remember that Neville Longbottom is Jesus. Right. Um, so would you recommend watching the second half of the seventh film if I haven't seen anything since the fourth film, or would you say I, I would need to either watch them all or none? I think that you should watch five and six because they they managed to make the the few nuggets of important stuff buried in the five, books five and six actually important. So, you know, they're, they're good in a way that Goblet of Fire kind of dropped the ball. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, Goblet of Fire, like, it was it, probably my second favorite of the books. And the movie, I, 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 I actually went to, like, a midnight showing of it. Like, that was back when I was still pretty excited about those when they were coming out. And I, I was just like, man, that just wasn't very good. I thought it was kind of good. It was. Uh, I was listening to the uh, the Overthinking It podcast about the seventh, uh, the seventh movie or the eighth movie, the seventh movie two, uh, and that they're they in their discussion of the epilogue. They were talking about how it's sort of like, and I never really thought about this. I never I never was exposed to this idea before. But the notion that the epilogue of like classical literature or plays was you were sort of not meant to take it seriously. Like even the end of like a Shakespeare play where everybody gets, everything gets wrapped up and everything gets, gets, you know, tied off with a neat bow and everybody's married and lives happily ever after that. Like you just weren't really meant to think of that as anything other than placation of a sort of lower class live audience. Uh Right. That it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be taken seriously as part of the story. It was just like popular entertainment can't get away with tragedy. Huh. Or un, or uncertainty, and so in in thinking about it like that, it's like well, even if it was even if it was goofy, I mean, even if the you know the end of the last Lord of the Rings movie is stupid, but like that's okay because you know that part doesn't really matter. That's not really a part of the corpus, hmm. at least as far as like serious study goes. Which I don't know. I you know I don't know how to feel about that. You were an English major. I how do you feel about that? I think that's kind of a weird thing to do to justify. Like, to justify being that opposed to a happy ending. It seems like a... No, you know, Shakespeare is a genius. There's no way he would have written a happy ending, because we all know the world is full of shit, so... I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can definitely... Uh, just as a, as a consumer of media, I really... I don't have anything against a happy ending, but I certainly don't think that everything needs one. And Right. Almost everything has one, you know? I, I mean, so. I maintain that Sleepless in Seattle would have been one of the best movies ever if they hadn't gotten together at the end. Hmm. And, and I get that for, like, the, the bulk of people, like, that's the payoff, right? Like, that's what makes it okay. But to me, it was like, you know, I just, I wish I, there was nothing. And, and you know, maybe maybe this is just me, like trying to be all anti-establishment, but it's like there was nothing like just goofy Hollywood about that movie until the happy ending. Like, there was nothing cliche about it except them getting together at the end. Huh. 
and I don't remember enough about it. I mean, who knows? If I watched it now, I was like, why did I? Why did I keep talking about that opinion for so long? That's ridiculous. But I don't know. I mean, what 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 do you think about a happy ending? Is it necessary? I don't think it's necessary, but I I also am sensitive to an unearned unhappy ending too. That there's a there's kind of a school of thought that will just squeeze a tragedy out of something when it doesn't really fit just because yeah we're hardcore indian and that's how life is man hardcore indian yeah hardcore indian like like the the indian guy that did dancer in the dark yeah like that movie was felt to me kind of bullshit like the machinations of the plot were really obvious that this is not kind of an organic progression of events this is a screenwriter punishing some chick. Yeah, or like sort of any Lars von Trier. Yeah, like the, this is a guy who hates women who's set up this angelic being and making her suffer kind of randomly. Well, who did Dancer in the Dark? Was that a Lars von Trier movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I was thinking about Breaking the Waves. And Breaking the Wind. I mean, I, I, I think there's a movie. place for that, right? I mean, it... it Breaking the Waves had an emotional impact on me. I certainly didn't enjoy it, but, like, that's the thing. Is it is is the purpose of art to create joy, or is the purpose of art to evoke emotion? I would argue it's to evoke emotion, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there is certainly room. I mean, you might not prefer a movie that's like that, and, like, yeah, you know, I guess, like... Yeah, like, Train Spotting was pretty grim, but it had a happy ending for one of them. Right. And Love least. Actually is, like, 60-40, maybe? Yeah, which I honestly really liked about it. And, I, you know, I think, I think the fact that not everybody gets what they want in the end mm. is what makes that one of my favorite movies. But they did try sometimes, and they found that they got what they need. Sure. And I, I'm serious, actually, you know, quoting, but serious. That they, they tended to... Yeah, I, I don't know. I reject the idea that to be realistic or to be emotionally honest, something has to have an unhappy ending or at the very least an ambivalent one. And I think it's okay, it, especially in like a kid's movie and book series. Like, it made more sense for Harry to just die, right? But you just can't do that. You can't fucking kill that kid after seven books. That, that would have... That would have actually made me angry, too. Right. And then you would have had to kidnap J.K. Rowling and uh, chain her to a bed and hobble her legs. Yeah. Well, I, so I did really that anyway. Well, sure. I went but, I mean, for the, right, like... Right went, now, it's just because you want to rape her repeatedly. In that case, it would be because you wanted her to undo the damage that she did to her work. Right. I did it the movie way with the hobbling instead of the book way, so that she will actually walk again after she heals. Oh. I don't remember the difference between those two things. In the book, she just cuts off one of his feet. Oh. And in the movie, she breaks his ankles. Okay. That was pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. I only re- I've, I've seen the movie way more times than I've read the book. I think which is that, to say more than once. Honestly, if they had filmed the just, like, hacking off the foot with a hatchet, I probably would have been less squicked by it. You think? Yeah, because it, it is just, like... The the hammer hit and the bend and the break and then while he's screaming she does it to the other side it's like ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I forgot 
I forgot to tell somebody that somebody was coming over and to let them in. Give me, uh, give me two minutes. I'm really sorry about this. Two minutes. Can you, uh, can you, can you rock a song? Yeah, I can, uh, it's tricky to rock a rhyme that's right on time, but I'll do it. Yeah, sorry about, sorry about that. I'm back. Cool. Hey, Hey, everybody. I was just going to say, it's all right, man. We're, we're primarily a live show that's recorded for a podcast, not a podcast where we would just cut and edit that out. So, you know, people expect a little bit of, uh, a little bit of surprise, a little bit of things that might happen, you know. Oh, crap. Now I have to poop. No, you don't. I'm just going to poop on the air. That's good. I mean, I'm going to poop on my chair. You got one of those neat toilets that... Let let you rest on a cushion of air. Yeah, <laughs> the hover toilet. <laughs> it was invented for uh, public restrooms for women. Yeah, apparently women like won't sit down to pee, and that they have like some kind of half squat thing that they can do. I think some women and some bathrooms. Yeah, has been my has been my experience with the hidden camera. <laughs> um. I'm doing this, I'm recording this thing for like, you know, one of those jokey hidden camera shows, except instead of playing pranks on people, we just tape them going to the bathroom. Yeah, because every once in a while something funny happens when you're on the toilet. Right. I mean, like Elvis had a heart attack and died, that was pretty funny. That was was hilarious. Um, what else? Uh, there was that woman that got bit by a snake. Mm Hmm. That's comedy gold. There was the dude who dropped his cell phone and went in after it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's the, uh... There's the uh, throwing a match in uh, to a hairspray and blowing yourself off the toilet. Hmm. I just don't ever spray uh, hairspray into my toilet. Yeah, that was the part of the story that didn't make a lot of sense. Why would a woman spray a bunch of hairspray into the toilet before the guy went in there? Sometimes when I'm styling my pubes mm-hmm. and I just can't get the hold I want, like say it's really humid and I've got more of like a, a, a Jufro... Than uh, the the like sleek pelt that I like to have, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use a little hairspray, maybe a little styling gel. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Just thought you should know. Mm-hmm. So you shave your armpits, but you 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 cultivate a a styled pube fro. So you shave your pubes, but you let your armpits grow like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I had the that's exact. A, that's our new reality show. So you shave your pubes. We had the like, exact same argument on episode one of Family Hot Dog, by the way. With, oh, yeah, uh, about shaving your armpits versus shaving your pubes? Yeah, with Matt taking the uh, the U position. Oh, I don't shave them. I just I trim them way down so it's not so sweaty and gross down there. I got you. That makes your dick look bigger. Hmm. No, like, I need that like I need to hold Yeah, that. you don't need that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Boy. Uh, well, we got this forum thread that's like six shows where people think I'm not uploading the shows when, in fact, we're just not doing any shows because we are a bunch of fuck-ups. We are a cluster of fuck-ups. Not really. We just had some, uh, we had some, uh, I don't know, roving travel days and technical difficulties and shit going on at Comic-Con, where Comic-Con was on like Donkey Kong. Comic-Con, where shit goes on. Um... Did you have any Comic Con memories you'd like to share? You haven't. We haven't. Uh, actually, neither of us has done a show since Comic Con. Huh? True. I uh, let's see. Really enjoyed having. We had a really nice dinner with uh, Benno. That was good stuff. We. Uh, you went to Zanzibar. We went to Zanzibar. I did not cook it, but I ordered it from Zanzibar. And uh, the what kind of restaurant is Zanzibar? It's like a Greek, like Mediterranean. 
Like they'll bring you a bowl full of olives. To is it like order? Is it like I, I think of it as being like maybe Cheesecake Factory or Macaroni Grill quality? No, it's like, really like, really good. No, no, no. I don't mean. I mean just like in terms of like price and decor, right? Like a sort of like step up from like a Red Lobster. I'm not sure that this Zanzibar is a chain. Oh. With another one, it, it seems like they're just a local thing. So do you think that uh, uh, Tenacious D was actually in San Diego when they wrote that song? No, I'm sure that there is one in New York, too. But no, There's I, a New York, too? Yeah, it's newer York. In, it in Japan, it's New Amsterdam 3. Because there are, yeah, there are three of them, but they're all in San Diego. Okay. So, yeah. That was cool. Uh, the MC Frontalock concert was amazing. Getting to hear him and uh, Zealous One and that other guy, Dr. Awkward, do I'll Form the Head live. That right. was pretty cool. Mega Ran tore it the fuck up. He was amazing. So he and did some, uh, he did some did dope good. freestyle. He did some dope freestyle, uh, partly based on the advice hot dog card that uh, your girlfriend handed him. Cool. I don't know if it's cool to say her name on the radio, so... Mm. Her name is Girlfriend. <sighs> oh, Wait, and she didn't go to medical. She's doctor Girlfriend. Doctor Girlfriend. She's not she a real doctor, but she is your real girlfriend. Girl. Yeah. Girlfriend is not so easy to say. Just gonna girlfriend. Yeah, and maybe not for you. We ended up at a, uh, and then the last night there, we ended up at a really cool party, little house party that uh, MC. Did Fun you meet Andy Warhol at a really cool party? I didn't. I will not blow it out my hairdo, nor do I work at Hardee's. But uh, we did meet, uh, we got to hang out with John Rosenberg, who didn't remember us. So he probably doesn't remember you, so you can start oh, fresh. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, he doesn't hate me anymore for calling him a name that was hateful. Yeah, for, for the faggotry in which you indulged. Yeah. It was cool, because he has, uh, you know, like a couple of kids, and everybody else at the party were, like, pre-kid phase, so we got to talk about that with him. And then uh, we got to hang out with Joan and Vasquez for a little bit, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. That is one nice dude, one humble. I've not guy. ever consumed any of his media other than the first episode of Invader Zim, uh, which I've watched several times trying to watch the whole series. The comics, like, if you go into say Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, thinking this was written by someone who is a was a really good writer, but also a teenager that was kind of angsty. Mm-hmm. So set your expectation there, and they're kind of great. I've read most uh, of the graphic novels. He, he's he's good. We had this weird conversation wherein he was talking about how he wanted to raise funds for something but didn't think that he could do Kickstarter because he didn't think he had enough of a fan base. That's silly. And I was going, but ours is blowing up and we, you know, a lot of people we, have but, played uh, Kingdom, yeah, but like, a lot of people I, have bought his books. Frontalot was Frontalot was talking about how he was all he was getting angsty because he had made some off-color joke or some remark that people didn't like and he'd lost 20 Twitter followers and and Frontalot was just like fuck you man you still have like 10 times as many Twitter followers as everybody it's like the the fact that you're sweating 20 um I forget what he said uh, it was something about like he was uh, decrying mass media for uh, focusing on Amy Winehouse instead of the bombings in Oslo. Right. Uh, which, I, you know, uh, I can definitely see why somebody feels that way, but it's like, it, it's very difficult to be surprised by that right. focus. 
I mean, yeah, I don't know. We talked about it for a while. It's like, that's what celebrities are, right? Is things that take up media attention. Right. So, I mean, that's just, that's their role, right? And I mean, it's it's kind of like, well, okay, so like Michael Jackson dying, would that have been... Would it be wrong if Michael Jackson stole headlines from, like, five people that got shot at a bank or something, right? And it's like, where do you, where do you draw the line and, and where, where does it actually become? Like, I mean, sure, people probably ought to care about politically motivated mass children murders more than they care about Amy Winehouse, but they're not going to. Right. You know, like, I mean, I feel like no amount of no amount of education and no amount of of, of rational proselytizing is going to make them care about that because it's like it is kind of like being annoyed that more people listen to Britney Spears than Neutral Milk Hotel, right? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'm just like fucked up, but it's like I don't know. Uh, you know, so so not to belittle a any terms of, like I don't know that I think that September 11th in the grand scheme of things was that important, right? I think it had an impact way way larger than it needed to, right? On on policy and the number of people who have been sort of murdered in its name, right? And it's like this was one crazy dude, and it was one crazy dude who killed a whole bunch of people, and that sucks, but like. That doesn't mean that a whole bunch of reactive shit needs to happen in response to that, right? I mean, that doesn't mean that that's all we should be talking about now. And letting it drive policy for 10 years. Yeah, like, and, you know, let's say it's 4,000 kids, sure, you're not going to be able to stop people from making a bunch of decisions based on that. But, But still, it's like, it sucks, and it's super fucking tragic, but it's like, what can you do about it? nothing and you know what should you do about it probably kill that guy and that's it <laughs> it was you know? kind of rough to like the president really couldn't go out and say it sucks that this happened it's very unlikely that anybody would be able to pull shit like that off again we'll find the guys responsible and we'll mess them up but in the grand scheme of things we just have to take this in stride right like that wasn't what anybody wanted to hear yeah. It would have been nice instead of like we will go to war with anybody who lives next to that guy. Yeah, and and then spend all of our money on those wars and then, you know, get get deadlocked because we can't figure out whether or not it's a good idea to stop paying on government bonds. Yeah. Like it's like okay. I don't actually have a sense of how much the U.S. is spending on military actions relative to... I mean, I don't know how many orders of magnitude difference there are between, like, the amount of money that we owe and the amount of money that we're spending on wars, right? So, I mean, I, I it, to me, it's just as... It, it would be just as uneducated to say, like, raise taxes and, and, and decrease spending on social programs as it would be to say, well, what, just, just stop warring. <laughs> right, because I just don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't have a sense of how those numbers line up. That doesn't really it, stop I'm, anybody from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it stops somebody like you, who is interested in being correct when they say something. Sure. It's kind of sad, like realizing that I'm not like that. That I've just kind of, I have some sources that I trust, and I do just tend to parrot what they say, 
in arguments. So, I, I mean, you can't avoid. Let, you you can't know everything, right? I mean, no nobody can. So it, it's it, rhetoric. Rhetoric has a place, and I mean, it's not. I don't. I don't think that demonstrates any more. In I, I think it's if there's anything that I have that in abundance that you don't, it's like apathy about the world rather than <laughs> rather than any kind of like. Or the God given good sense not to get into a political argument with data vortex. Well, okay, sure. Yeah, I don't tend to do that. I mean. You know, snarky, sarcastic comments. That's that's fine. You know, right. uh, or yeah, or talk about nuclear power with hippies. Uh, it's nuclear, actually. Oh, okay. The S is silent. Uh, you want to get into some game stuff though? Oh, the forum thread. Yeah, yeah. There's oh, a forum sh- thread that uh, several several threads worth of thread. That sounded kind of Irish. Oh, the forum thread. RNG, he hate me, writes. So I have a question, so I'll kick off the thread. And when was this even posted? July 18th. That's how long it's been. Uh, is it possible to get the same Sneaky Pete's Day adventure twice in one day if you smash the prism, get drunk, get the adventure, ascend, get drunk, get the adventure a second time? Uh, with that in mind, would you consider allowing folks to catch up on the tattoo if they're able to get the adventure twice in a day? That is, if they're behind at least a day, can they move two days closer to the full tat, uh, but no further than the tat has progressed in the game? No, the whole thing is there, and it will continue to be there. Like, I, I'm not planning on... Uh, we're not going to strand people partially through the tattoo, right? Like, that'll just be a thing that, like, we'll put in something else that you get in addition to the tattoo once the tattoo is no longer sufficient because it's possible to have the whole thing, right? Right. Like, so you you don't need to worry about it. And no, uh, there's a a permaflag that stores the day that you've gotten it, so you, you can't ascend and do it multiple times. Because, I mean, otherwise, you know, you'd, you'd have somebody on the first time it's available chaining a bunch of casual runs and, and spoiling a surprise. How far, how many more steps, or do we even want to talk about that? I don't know. I don't actually know. Hmm. Um, we, we should probably look at that. And uh, that was great. We were like, sweet, now we're done having to come up with stuff for Sneaky Pete's Day. For X like, amount oh. of time. Like, that's so much time. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I always forget about St. Patrick's Day when I'm doing that, so I always I undershoot by exactly one a year yeah. in how long it's going to last us. Um, time says, speaking of St. Sticky Beats Day, I'm currently trashed. I was looking through all my stuff in Hank's since I can't adventure anymore, and I was putting things in favorites. Since the new look at Hank's looks just like my inventory except color, I keep forgetting that I can't smash slash auto-sell anything. Would it ever be possible to allow us to do that? Obviously, the meat or wads would have to go to Hank's. I mean, it's one of those things that I have always avoided because right now there is only one way for things to go into Hanks. And Hanks was always a thing that I, like, I didn't write that code in the first place. And so even though it's fine, there has always been this, like, slight undercurrent of mistrust of it in my head. And that's the thing that gets me in trouble all the time because it is entirely unwarranted, Mm. right? I'll be afraid to do stuff like migrate to the new database servers all at once, even though it was just fucking clearly the right thing to do. And it took, you know, lightning striking me to get my ass in gear to actually do it, right? It would not have gone nearly as well if I had had my way because of me being scared of, of getting my hands dirty with this stuff. And that's lame and silly. Um, that said, I, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it, I don't think that it is necessary, right? Like, because you wouldn't get access to that meat until you were able to get it out of Hank's anyway. So just take the thing out and sell it, you know, like just do it at that time instead of now. 
this, this strikes me as like, oh, I, you know, I'm lo- I'm out of turns and I'm looking for something to do. Oh, I wish I could do this. This is just like, you know, wait and do it when you actually need to and can benefit from it. Sure. Uh, let's see. Blister guy says, because of the glorious Valhalla revamp, I've been enjoying playing softcore along with my usual hardcore for life approach to ascending. One thing I've noticed in softcore is that I can effectively increase the number of things I can pull in a day if I donate for something instead of pulling it. For instance, a Mr. Accessory Junior on the or the item of the month if it happens to be some kind of equipment like this month's shield. I imagine you don't mind the slight increase in revenue from this, but what do you think of the slight imbalance from month to month when it comes to being able to, for instance, donate for Operation Patriot Shield in July but have to pull it from August onwards? Uh, and that uh, is that donating in run is the only advantage in the game a donator can get that's impossible for a non-donator to get. So that seems to be against the design sensibilities of KOL. While I probably would have, if I had thought of that at a point when I could have made it not possible, I probably would have done it because you're right, that does, it does go a little bit against the way that I feel that things ought to be but like nobody complains about it and I'm not so dumb as to cut off a source of revenue from the most dedicated players in a way that doesn't really benefit anybody you know it's like I'm not gonna go like in a lot of ways because this is not a thing that anybody is ever like, ah, oh, you mercenary pricks, I can't believe I have to donate 30 bucks if I want to do some crazy stunt run. It's like, you know, it's. I think it's kind of okay that that's part of doing the stunt, right? I mean, it's, it just, like, the more, the greater your commitment to it, the more impressive a stunt it is. And, you know, give us some money also, because we, you know, we like having jobs. And I don't think anybody's like, oh, you mercenary pricks. Like, I can't believe you set it up so that you have to donate in run in order to be optimal. Because, like, I don't think it actually makes that much of a difference, you know? Right. And uh, maybe someday there will be an item of the month that it's like, oh, well, fuck, because of this, you know, this is a thing that is not at all worth a pull. But if you buy it and run, it gives you an unassailable advantage. But, I mean, even then, like, it's an unassailable advantage that due to the rolling nature of the leaderboards is only going to last a couple of months. And it's like, I, I think it's okay. I don't, I don't think we need to do anything about it. It's one of those things where I do, if I sit and think about it, I'm like, ah, yeah, that kind of sucks. That's, that's kind of unlike the way I want to run things from an ethical standpoint. But it's like, I'm also way too sensitive to that. And I recognize yeah. that, and I don't need to. I, I don't know exactly how to how to phrase this. I don't need to go out of my way to bring things in line with my vision on that particular hmm. axis. I don't think that's that's a thing where I should occasionally defer to what people tell me that they want and what the other members of the team think is just obviously okay to do because they're usually right about that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if, it, if it's... If, yeah, I, I just... I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, Isari also wrote, is the PvP, uh, the PvP revamp more closely related slash modeled after normal in-game combat, current PvP, Alice's Army, or something else entirely? Uh, it is like normal in-game combat. You you have rounds and you do stuff and you go until somebody's hit points are all gone, and uh, yeah, it does. It it's slightly different. Like there are uh, 
there are some things that don't have analogs really in normal combat. Like there are, well, I guess normal combat has certain things like you can get a debuff that lasts a number of rounds, but it doesn't like show up anywhere. Hmm. Uh, whereas in the PVP, those, those in the new PVP, those things are sort of so fundamental to the way the combat works that they, they do show up. So there's an extra little effects counter going on. It's, it's a little weird. I'm, I, you know, People on Endeavor having fun with it. There's there's a big batch of changes that are in the hopper right now that are that are sort of halting uh, testing on it, but it's, it's moving along. And uh, I don't know. Dev's excited. People are people are playing it for fun, which is always a good sign. Like that's how I knew Space Trip was going to be okay when it was like a quarter of the way done. People were playing it for fun, so it's like all right, sweet. On to something here. Casey Wiederman uh, talked about brainstorming. Uh, we talked about brainstorming a new class based on cheese, and he says, some adoring fans have spent a lot of energy coming up with a bunch of stuff, and in fact, the cheese champion was one such being, and he links to it. It's one of those things where I'm reluctant to read it. You know, makes me sad, because it's probably good. It's People nicely say it's done. Good. It is nicely done. Yeah, did you read it? Yeah. I can mm. see... I can see some things in there that are super clever and on the level with something we would come up with. Oh. Which is problematic. Super clever like us. Yeah. Smart as I am. Uh, Vlad Slamshank says, Wow, is that for real? That can't be be the same guy. Uh, There are multiple types of starfish familiars, so how come there are only two stab bat-like familiars? The stab bat and the scary death org. Orb. I'd like something I could use in a hardcore B run, and if possible, one that could be used in the next challenge pass if the path if the current ones can't be used. Uh, there'll be nothing stopping you from using a stab bat in the next challenge path. But, I mean, because that was sort of a joke, I guess, is why? I mean, I guess there are a bunch of pet rocks. Right. I mean, that like the pet rock has become a thing. It's like, well, we should put a familiar in here. Oh, a pet rock, because that that's a thing we don't have to make any decisions about. You know, we shouldn't do that all the time. Uh, Solvomnus says, uh, hey guys, I'm a little broke these days, so I've been listening to archived radio shows as a source of free entertainment. I just listened, uh, finished listening to the May 9th show in which Chicken Mr. Skullhead go back and forth on the subject of excise taxes and duty-free shops for what, an hour? <laughs> uh, and he, t- he talks about a critical point that I, that I miss, and I, I, I don't think that that actually changes the way that I feel about it. And I'm not going to, I don't want to, I don't want to reopen this because it's just, it's, you know, we we can agree to disagree and, and that's totally fine. Hmm. You know, neither of us is hurting the other with our opinion on the, on the matter. Uh, Except for you hurting my soul. Um, It was more the, the, to me, it was more about, and uh, you know, this is arguably, I think at least from your perspective, not an example of this, uh, but systems who are abused more often than they are used. Systems that serve a useful purpose, but that in reality create untenable problems because of what you could what you could write off in the design phase as an edge case becoming the normal case. And it's like these things like there it's hard for me to think of things like this that aren't contentious. Right. Mm. I mean, it's like certainly a lot of people believe that like the welfare system is a case like that, where the majority of people using it are just jerks who are who are just give free money and aren't actually trying to aren't actually trying to improve their lives. You know, told that this is not the case. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but like, I don't know, BitTorrent. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with the technology. And it's like great for, say, patching World of Warcraft. 
right? Makes it so the load of tremendous amounts of data transfer is distributed uh, distributed among a bunch of unused upstream connections that would otherwise just be sitting there doing nothing. And it's like it stops stops bottlenecking, and it's a it's a fantastic, really clever technology. But it is by and large used by people to steal shit. Right. right. And when its existence is argued, it's always argued as if first and foremost, it is a way for like independent artists and movie makers to get their stuff out into the world and without then a maybe dis- out of distribution yeah. infrastructure and then maybe a couple of ne'er-do-wells are pirating movies on it yeah so it, it is so, a little I mean, disingenuous yeah every everybody who feels really strongly about it one way or another believes that believes in a different 90 10 split yeah on those things right and it, you know it was like i, I got to, i was talking about the the programmer on the word game about a thing that i think that it was like it was some technology that allowed just sort of anonymous collective file storage, right? It was it was a distributed file storage that wasn't traceable. And, you know, the idea was that it was just like an FTP site that couldn't get anybody, any individual person in trouble. Hmm. Right? But then that's that's just crying for abuse, right? And and what he said was it was like, you know, there was some interesting stuff on there, but it was like 99% child porn, right? Because right. that's what people are going to do with that. Same thing with like fucking Tor, you know, which I, I, I argued with the guy that made Tor. It was extremely frustrating where it was like, it's pretty clear to me that almost everything that Tor is being used for is just some like illicit or illegal bullshit. Whereas to him, Tor is only used by Chinese dissidents to blog without fear of being tracked down and killed by the government. Right. And it's like, uh, okay. Um, so that stuff is tricky, though. Like... There are legitimate reasons that you would need anonymity. Sure. Are those reasons important enough that we can overlook the the multifarious reasons that are not so good that you would need anonymity? And that's the question that you have to answer about the system, sure. right? I mean, it's it with with the MMG, right? There are there are problems with the MMG, and the reason that it exists is because those problems would still be there if the MMG didn't exist they would just be harder for us to have any control over. Right. Right. And, Better and things would, I, and in, in my mind, at least, and from my point of view, it would be worse if the MMG did not exist. The MMG sucks and causes problems, but the, it would be worse if it didn't exist. Um, and, you know, th- there's there's this big foo about, like, Diablo 3 announcing an in-game auction house where you can buy things with real money from other players and Blizzard oh. takes a cut, and everybody's like, oh, how dare they? You know, people are just super pissed about that. But, like, it would happen anyway. Like, it happened in Diablo 2, and because there was no official channels for it, like, you know, B- Blizzard taking a cut, whatever, right? That 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 does not make the world a better place, necessarily. But it's it, it at least pays for them managing the thing, and it is better if they manage it than if it is done illicitly because they they have the access to the data to prevent fraud with those kind of things right they have a robust enough system that you're not gonna you're not gonna end up with and and, you know you could say the same thing like well people are gonna buy and sell meat for real money so we should just let that happen you know we should we should just own it and start doing it ourselves that i don't yeah I don't think there is enough of it going on that it's worth trying to sort of take over that particular racket. You know, it's it's better for us because 
the amounts are relatively small to just kind of wash our hands of it, right? Because we don't want to deal with it. And there's a but, and that's a line that we've drawn, kind of arbitrarily, from the outside. But it is yeah. one of those things that you just have to feel like, yeah, we need to get involved in having a trade system where people are trading items back and forth and trading items in meat, but we don't need to be involved in this aspect of it. Yeah. And it's okay whereas, to whereas donate Blizzard, money know. and get meat, but it's it's okay to donate money for Mr. A and sell it for meat, but it's not okay for us to have just, like, dense meat stacks for donations. Right. And, you know, I, and, I mean, you know, are... I think that's a better way of a better way of running that economy. But we yeah. we managed to have an economy where the the in-game currency is worth something. And that was a huge problem with Diablo 2. Diablo 2 ended up with this like even in the game, they ended up with this ad hoc economy based around Stones of Jordan, which the reason that Stones of Jordan were selected was because they were small and easy to dupe. Hmm. Right. They were a thing that you could hold on to a lot of. And it was just it was just kind of bullshit. Like. I wanted to participate in the player economy, but because I didn't have any of those things and I wasn't willing to spend all the time that it took to like start acquiring them by selling stuff, like their gold in game was just worthless. Hmm. More or less. And you know, we don't have that with meat, but it's like it's in quantities you know, of of like weeks of farming instead of, you know, I, I don't know. Like, the fact that there's a limited amount of it that one person can produce as opposed to just playing Diablo 2, which you can just do sort of arbitrarily long, right, that I think maybe makes maybe makes it so our in-game currency can maintain a parity with some idea of real-world value that's actually not just made absurd by inflation. It is interesting but, that we haven't, as far as I know, we haven't adjusted the meat drops from monsters at all in eight years. No, I mean the 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 we sort of stopped at the maximum amount coming from a given monster when we started feeling like we probably should try and keep an eye on the inflation and that that has just sort of become the the kind of de facto upper limit. Yeah. On things, you know. And you know, every once in a while, if they're, they're, I'll, I'll let something drop more meat like, you know, the rotund duck or whatever if there's a limited number of them that you can get to in a day then that's fine, or like a, you know, like a clan dungeon boss, or like a boss, I mean, something, you know, something that drops meat like a boss can drop more meat. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, you know, it, it's like, as, as somebody who has to spend a lot of time professionally, like, thinking about systems and the ways that those systems are going to be used by a, a public whose motivations are that of the public... Right. You know, which is like a like a giant collection of of self-interest and and altruism with, you know, a definite tendency towards self-interest and uh, a sort of like I almost think that there's enough flat out evil among individual people to cancel out the altruism. Yeah. At least in a system that is not meaningful. Right. Like not not in civilization at large. But in something like a game, there are almost always going to be more assholes who want to make other people's experience worse than there are nice people who care about improving other people's experiences, right? Mm. Like, so you need to design things with the tendency uh, towards self-interest in mind so that people doing the things that are beneficial to them will make things better for other people or at least not worse. 
Sure. You know, and, and that's that's how you make a system that's sustainable without without a lot of monkeying around from the outside of it. And and you know, like like it's just it 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 fascinates me. I mean, these questions about like systems that are designed in the real world for for a specific purpose, like what happens when the market decides that's not the purpose that they're going to use it for. Mm. You know, I mean, you end up with a bunch of you end up with goofy shit. You know. Like you end up with like strange limitations in the ways that things work that don't make any sense to the people using them because they don't realize that that's not what the system is for, or it's like not what it was designed for, at least, you know. Then you have the argument that the system is for whatever people end up using it for. Sure, which I mean I think it, back history history that. demonstrates that that's true, right? I mean right. You, you can't, you know, X million people literally can't be wrong. Right? I mean... It, By definition. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, I, I like... Anyway. Uh, he says, also, an unrelated question for the show. This is still Saul Vominous. The internet, as a system for the delivery of visual media, has made it possible for very narrow niche entertainment to be commercially viable in a way that it wasn't 15 years ago. Boy, tell me about it, right? Uh, pornography, for instance, can now be specifically tailored to just about any conceivable fetish. Do you think that this has created new fetishes? What's your favorite niche, and uh, did you even know you were into that before finding it on the internet? Uh, love is the law, love under will. I don't know what that means. Fire at will. Um, do you think that there is worse pornography because of the internet than there was before the internet? Because I kind of don't. I think it's way easier to find but I think that every I think that every conceivable fetish was probably available in magazine form. I also kind of feel like or like grainy super eight form, sure. I I, I also kind of feel like some of these fetishes are not fetishes. That the internet makes it possible for I don't know, like say in nineteen eighty five a guy thinks to himself, you know what's really sexy? The idea of being like eaten by a lion. That's super sexy. And then he thinks, well, that's kind of weird. Nah, you know what? The, the being eaten by a lion, is. I still think it's kind of sexy, but whatever, I'm going to get on with my life. But now you get the guy who thinks that can go and put up a webpage and really feed his obsession, and anybody else who's ever had a passing thought about it goes in there and, and they kind of you know set up this echo chamber and suddenly... That's my sexual fetish. I'm totally... I can't get off unless I'm thinking about being eaten by a lion. Like, to me, that is not creating a fetish. That's... I don't know, kind of... Well, I guess that's not... an example of a fetish. That's something that's been created just by the ability to obsess about something instead of thinking about it for a second and forgetting about it. Huh. And it's also, like... the being eaten by a lion guy's website can appear to be equally as popular as the, like, naked girls going down on each other website because they're hosted on the same medium. So you go, yeah. like, wow, furries must be a big deal. They have a website. Like, eh, how many of them are yeah. there? Yeah, probably not. I mean, uh, you know, I... Like, what does it mean for a fetish to be real or not real? You know, I mean, there's, there, do you think that there are people who are, like, beating off in earnest to two girls, one cup? Like, probably, I guess. There, uh, yeah. Most right-thinking people are revulsed by that, but... Is it a couple of guys? Probably. Yeah. Not, like, 
50 of them. And, you know, I'm not saying that, like, being a furry isn't a real fetish. I'm just saying that you probably would have just gotten on with your life and never dressed up in a fursuit. And, uh, it, and probably had, had a long and reasonable a, life, a, right? And a venue for meeting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's the point that he's making, right? Is the internet did kind of create these things as real fetishes. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I, don't know. I can't argue against the the utility of the internet to bring together the, like, thousand people worldwide who are into something, because that's what makes, like, MC Front a lot possible. Right, know? or us, you yeah. know? I mean, oh, yeah. The internet bringing together the people who were willing to pay for the product that we were able to create using the the particular not very marketable skills that we had. If we had to take Kingdom of Loathing on tour just so we could find our audience, I don't think we ever would have been able to get it off the ground. Yeah. Um, personally, uh, my, my, my tastes have remained so, so boring that even vanilla is a little too intense. <laughs> you know, I like, I see a picture of a naked girl and then I'm like, oh, sweet, a boner. And that's pretty much, that's, that's enough. That works for me too. I have my well-publicized predilection for a certain fetish, but that... I had long before the internet was widely available or yeah. available to me at all. And I mean, I also feel like that's more of just a, an enthusiasm rather right. than a full-blown fetish, right? I mean, it's like, nah. And at the same time, like, as much as I'm kind of dismissive of a furry or a vore, like, the first time I found a magazine that was dedicated to this thing that I had been, like, obsessively thinking about since I was old enough to have a boner, that was a good feeling. Like, oh, I'm not the only guy out there who's fucked up enough to think this is hot, you know? So I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't begrudge up. anybody just, that that feeling. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, like, development is, is like, it's really easy to fuck a person up, right? Like, and it's really easy to just, like, our, our brains are these incredibly sophisticated pattern-matching devices that are really, really good at, like, seeing a fucking elephant in a cloud, right? So, like, anything can pop into your head at these sort of, like, critical pubescent moments where your sexual identity is developing and become a thing that's, like, inextricably tied up in your sexual identity, right? Like, literally anything. And and it's, like, it just, it kind of sucks, I guess. Like, it sucks less now that you can find other people who happen to run across the same picture of a dude being eaten by a lion the first time they got a boner or whatever you know simplifying that a great deal there's also like there is something to be said though for if you're getting eaten by a lion guy and say you're also into girls that you look at some normal porn and beat off to it on a regular basis and at least develop that as well because like you can feed a fetish just as easily as you can feed you know, your kind of mainstream sexual habits, and it's in your best interest to develop, like, a boner orgasm response to a naked woman, or you're going to have kind of a lonely life until you make that safari to Africa. Right. Yeah, you go out in a single blaze of glory, you know? Yeah. I guess everybody, there's, everybody really only goes out in a single blaze of glory. You can't go out in multiple blazes of glory. He's like, okay, he's going to go out in a blaze of glory, then we've got the... EKG meter here, and, yeah. 
let's see. Time writes, you guys mentioned the possibility of giving a karma bonus for 100% familiar runs a few shows back. Now that you've had some time to maybe let it percolate a bit, does it still seem like a good idea? It would give me a great reason to look into my terrarium and play with familiars that have been neglected. Uh, That's a cool the, idea. The, is it a hard idea? It's not. It's the hairy part is coming up here. Like, also, you said there was a possibility of paying back karma rewards for runs already completed. Mm-hmm. In my case, this would be like three runs, but that would be awesome, too, since I don't think I could take another run of Black Cat. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, right? I mean, because I don't know how many, I don't know how much just free karma we would be dumping on how many people, but it's like, it's enough that I kind of don't want to do it. Huh. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, you know, it, it's... It probably wouldn't hurt anything because it's never going to be... I mean, I don't think that I would give... I don't think it should be a lot of karma, right? Because like, I don't think that a, a 100% gravy fairy run is as hard as a bees hate you run, yeah. right? So it shouldn't be 100 karma. Like, it shouldn't be enough karma to perform a skill. Like, it's, you know, they speed you up a little bit. And it's it's also tricky to find a balance, right? Because there'd be some familiars that it's, like, totally worth it just from an optimality standpoint to do that one at least once, to get the karma bonus because it doesn't slow you down enough to make up for how much karma you lose by not using other familiars. Yeah. Just in terms of speed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's say let's say that's going to percolate some more. Yeah. Erich uh, says, Erich is getting mean. Uh, I understand the inch mile aspect of the daily journal, but I'm curious as to why there has to be so many things of which to keep track in the game. A basic example, there really is no reason to hide the fullness counter, but is that the type of player you're looking for? The people that will end up having to rely on the wiki, mafia, and their own notes for basic information like tasty tart takes one full, this is how much I've eaten today? I don't think you should pander to the lowest common denominator, but it seems like many of these pen and paper aspects are there for the express purpose of making sure fewer casual players will continue playing. I, like, that's kind of a dick thing to say, Erich, and... I think that you are dramatically overestimating the extent to which casual players give a shit about that. I think there is there is probably a category of players who are frustrated by the fact that there's no fullness counter. And honestly, I've almost decided to just put in an account menu option that says show fullness counter on character pane, warning, not funny. Uh-huh. And have that be, there you go. But then people want spleen, and it's like, ugh, God damn it, you know? So where does it stop? I wouldn't where do does it. it stop? I wouldn't do it, and I know it's it's kind of a fallacy. You know, is it a tautology or whatever to say there are no casual players who are relying on the wiki mafia and their own notes for basic information like tasty tart steak one fold? Because if you're doing that, you're not a casual player anymore. But that said, I, I mean, I just that is true because. It's it's a question, right? Like, is there any point to like is it fun to not know how much of stuff you can eat? Right? Like it's not there is not really any kind of a sane relationship narratively between foods and how much stomach they take up. Right? Cuz I I haven't been careful to maintain that. Right, you know. Yeah, it might make a little bit of sense. Like, sure, a lemon is one and a pie is three or whatever, and a big meal of noodles is either three, four, or five, depending. Right. Right, which, I mean, I don't... I I, I have almost become convinced that, like, obfuscating the fullness doesn't improve anything for anyone. Hmm. Right? Because it's not an interesting puzzle. 
really. It's an interesting optimization problem, but if you're interested in it as an optimization problem, you're just going to look at the wiki. And then there's a part of me that's like, well, should they just not make adventure games? Because once it's posted on the wiki, then everybody is just going to know how to solve all the puzzles. Like, there is some joy in solving the puzzles. I don't know that there is any joy in figuring out how much fullness something I would up, right? I would support a, like, you eat the lemon. What are you, crazy? You, that was a really good appetizer, but you're kind of still salivating. You eat the spaghetti with skull heads. Oof, that was a huge carb load. Your, your stomach's getting kind of full. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like something that's related to each of the fullness ranges that gives a little text about how full you are. That I could see. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's yeah. more interesting than a number. Sure. Sure. You know, I, like, when I guess... The, I don't know how I feel about games that hide numbers from you. Right? I like numbers in games. I like, you know, I like seeing a sword that says plus one muscle on it instead of makes you slightly stronger. Yeah. Right, and that's because I like Dungeons and Dragons, and, I, and 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 what's weird is that this is not. Uh, I would not describe obfuscation of the fullness as a pen and paper aspect. I would describe it as a as a because a pen and paper role playing game would never gloss over something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like pen and paper role playing games are all about the math and the numbers, and yeah, I just I don't know, I don't know. You know, I, I just, it, it, it's weird, right? Because we've been working on this for so long and I have sort of like developed, at least I think I've developed my abilities to do this kind of thing pretty significantly over the course of spending just thousands and thousands of hours doing it that I don't think I would do it that way if I was making something new. I don't know if that's enough of a reason to justify changing it. Huh. In this, I mean, I just wonder, like, is there anyone for whom KOL would be made worse if there was a fullness counter? Hmm. And I think there probably isn't. Right. You know, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's, uh, it's like one of the things that it's, that I've almost been sticking to my guns just because it's like I'm in the habit of sticking to my guns on it, you know? So give it a and number I, and uh, a single word descriptor. Sure, sure. I mean, because... And then do it with spleen, too. You know, like, thoroughly vented, engorged. You know, like, thoroughly vented to engorged, maybe. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be funny. But it can be a yeah. little bit funny. Sure. Um, you know, even with the, like... The, the joke of, like, coming up with a bunch of different things that started with S to describe the range of, like, elemental resistance. I was just like, I, I, I think I would hate that as a player. Hmm. You know, because it's just, like, with the it, I, I struggled with the food categories. I struggled with them to try and find as many descriptors as possible that would still have a just overwhelmingly obvious ordering. Hmm. And it's not... Eat, like people were resistant to putting crappy in there because they were like, well, that's going to discourage a newbie from eating something. <clears throat> but Boy, I wouldn't think I, so. If it's all yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. But I mean, it was it was a concern that was raised by multiple people, right? Like it was like yeah. I like if I see if you see something in a game that's described as crappy, you're like, I shouldn't eat that. Whereas in this case, it's like I should eat that if I don't have anything else to eat. 
right? I shouldn't eat it instead of something that's decent. But it's it's a little weird to me that there are things that are described as crappy foods that give you more adventures than things that are described as awesome foods just because they have more fullness and you don't see that anywhere, huh. right? It, it's it's like, and I mean that's that's a a consequence of putting the descriptors in, but nobody ever complained about adding a designator of the item's quality on there. I think that has probably improved the experience for a lot of people. It has made things a little clearer to a lot of new players, and nobody has said, like, ah, you ruined the fun of figuring out, you know, because that's the kind of thing that's fun for one person, and then that one person spades it, puts it on the wiki, and then nobody else nobody else has to endure that particular kind of fun again for that item. Yeah. Now we're going to have trouble getting through this forum thread if we don't Tyler's Law says, with the advent of and hopeful success of Family Hot Dog, will Mr. Skullhead soon have the ability to edit and post the Monday JNS show himself? I, mean, I'm I, sorry, I currently I'm have the ability to edit it. I just lack the motivation. And I would do it. It, it would take a little bit of time for me, but I, I could take some time on Tuesdays. I mean, it's pretty it easy it. for me to do. It's pretty easy for me to do, and it's, it's like a thing that I have to do a bunch of times. It's, it's nice with... Like the, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's making this process. It's the fact that it takes just long enough to upload it and download it that I can't just sit and do it right then, right? Yeah. And the fact that the show is at a time that I'm always fucking starving by the time it's over, and so I just immediately go eat. Um. And then with eating comes drinking, and then I'm too drunk to edit it when I get back. Right. So. I don't know what kind of shape. I need to see what kind of shape the archive is in. I just need to sit for an hour and and get caught up on everything. But the the archive is largely backed up because there haven't been any shows. Well, it, um, there were shows on like the fourth, the eighteenth, and the twenty fifth. Oh, are those not in the archive yet? No. Oh wow, I'm way behind. I'm in a bind because I'm way behind. The eleventh is up there, but the. Uh the fourth is not. I think it's easier for you to think about doing it when you've been on the show. Yeah, that's also true because it's like it sets that little string wrapped around the finger in my brain. Yeah. They're all in the share, so they're... Okay. Right. All right. Uh, I'll just grab all that. As far as Family uh, Hot Dog goes, though, um, we have two episodes in the can. I recorded some... Uh, I figured out the riff for uh, the hot dog family of Bumps. And played it on a guitar, so I have those made. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I'll be grabbing the domain in a, any minute now, and we'll get those two okay. episodes up. That's, oh, that's cool. cool. Um, and you guys, I, I explained everything to you about how to do it, and I feel like I, I feel like that's really cool. How'd the second episode go? It went really well. It was a little bit shorter, which was good, and I think that we got the sound quality up considerable. How'd you do that? He, uh, well, we all sat a little bit closer, and we learned not to use the noise removal filter because it gets, like, a weird distortion when people mm. are speaking quietly. And we found that Levelator program that can make a cheap setup sound like a nicer setup. Yeah, that's cool. It just kind of brings every voice up to the same volume. So. That's theoretically what the uh, the dynamic compression thing that Frontalot taught me how to do does yeah. for uh, for our other stuff. He taught me some more tricks. Uh, I don't know if I've done any. I don't think I've done any recorded shows since this happened. But I sat down with him for like an hour, and he just showed me how to do some cool stuff with the program that he taught me how to use in the first place. Um, 
some one really simple thing that was so simple that he never thought to mention it before that I think makes it so we can remove one of the pieces of hardware from the rig at the office entirely. Nice. I had bought a thing in the hopes of replacing a box, but I ended up just having to put it in line with that box. Hmm. Um, and he also explained why I was so angry at these knobs yeah. that that had an effective range of like one percent of the range of motion of the knob. <laughs> It was just because of some screwed up way in which the wrong driver was was dealing with those knobs. So, woo. Uh, let's see. Chilled says, many questions. Now with some drunkenness edited out and some relevance edited in. Uh, how goes tinkering with the level 8 quest? Presumably Comic-Con has put it back a bit, but it, uh, is it any more than two weeks away? I don't know if that will happen before I go on my hike or not. Uh, we, we talked about some stuff, and it's not going to take that long to do it but we'll see i've been i've been focusing for the last little bit on word game stuff uh, there's there's some things in the pipe for kol some stuff that's being worked on but uh haven't gotten haven't uh, there there has been no tangible progress at all in the mclarch huge thing uh, also is the demon market still turning into the general store and can pith helmet von mustache dude from the nemesis quest be the dude in the store hmm. uh yeah i think i just forgot that i wanted to do that because that's just one of those things where it's like that's weird and not particularly funny. <laughs> Do they I sell things and you buy them or else? That's kind of funny. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Uh, are we ever going to see pimped out shiny things made with your Choose Your Own Adventure app? Oh, someday, I guess. Yeah, that, that uh, fell victim to a programmer thinking that the writing was going to be really quick and then the writing people thinking that some things, some decisions were just non-decisions that are actually important decisions. So, just get, we like, had, when I was divide. when I was paying some actual attention to managing it, I uh, you know I was having Riff just crank out a bunch of a bunch of structures that either one of you guys could probably fill in with more easily. And the idea was to just keep having him do that, but then I just kind of got out of the habit of telling people to do stuff. Right. Well, the, the summer gets a little bit sunk. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, we got other stuff. And then, you know, and then shit gets crazy. Like, I think there is less going on in like October and November and December of this year than there tend to be. Uh-huh. So it's it, at least it's not the. sometimes I feel like the entire second half of the year gets sunk. Yeah. And I but that said, we always get a ton of shit done in the second half of the year. It's just that it's always crimbo. So I think of it as like just meeting an obligation rather than rather than getting our jobs done well you know you know you know what i mean though right yeah it, it might like, help to have con a week earlier too yeah yeah uh, it's kind of nice i mean in a way i'm dreading like giant camping trip and then immediately dragon con and then immediately kol con but in a way i'm kind of glad to get all those things out of the way so that when they're done it's just like the rest of the year is mine right again so that's gonna be a that's gonna be a rough month <sighs> I have like a couple week calm before the storm here where my only uh my my the two things that I have to do are make my heart work better right and work on work on video games so it's yeah, I'm just I'm even a little bit overwhelmed thinking of going leaving Thursday for Dragon Con returning Monday leaving Wednesday for KOL Con and returning that Tuesday probably Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully my kid will still remember my name when we get back. Yeah. 
Finally, how goes planning for Khan? Should I be camping the store of loathing for Khan tickets and other related materials? I don't know when, like, I feel like this is the time that we usually put Khan rags in the store. Yeah. It's like when we get back from Comic-Con and then get around to it is when that happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's probably. Uh, let's see. Once PvP gets revamped, says Foggy, would you be willing to spoil how all of that PvP stuff was supposed to work? Um, huh. I don't know if there's anything that's really unclear about the existing system, is there? It's been there unchanged for so many years that right. maybe there's not. Maybe it's maybe it's more opaque than I thought. Um, and finally, because I feel like a, I'm in a three-question mood, so he also asked about a fullness counter. Uh, any chance we might get spoilers on what all the outfits are supposed to do, much like happened with effects? Yeah, that's another thing that I feel like there's not really any reason to hide what that stuff does. And in fact, it's kind of a limitation on us because... If we had, like, if we had an effect, an outfit whose set effect was, like, plus five muscle, there's nowhere to write that down. Mm. And, you know, there's nowhere to display it right now. And because it's a thing that's visible, it would just cause people to think that there was a bug. Right? In the same way that, like, people get a passive skill that's plus five familiar weight, and they just start submitting bug reports about how their familiars are starting at six pounds instead of one. Right. And it's like, I still haven't done that. I've, I've been meaning to do that with passives for a long time. Like the passive that's plus five pounds of familiar. I think it should just say that on the pop up because you can tell what it does. Right. It's not like it's a secret. Right. Sure. You know, think, thinking back to a time when effects didn't tell you what they did, like that just seems kind of nuts. Right. That just seems like kind of a bad idea in retrospect. Sure. But yeah, who knows? These things, these things happen when when I get a bug up my ass to make them happen, you know, and whatever I happen to be enthusiastic about. At the time. And we should we should keep in mind that the reason why a lot of those systems are like that is because when we started, we were basing some of that shit on the this old paradigm of gaming where you have effects that are opaque, <clears throat> and some people care enough to figure them out, and some people don't, and that's okay. Whereas a, a Gaming is a lot more handholdy than it used to be. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a lot more popular than it used to be, and I don't think that those two things are a coincidence. No, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's just, a, you yeah. know, like, when people ask, how come there are these quests where the mechanics are really kind of obscure, it's like, well, that, that used to be fun for people, but only yeah. a few people. Yeah. Mm, I'm not... Choo Choo says, you still considering making huge and ginormous pumpkins smashable into normal pumpkins? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a personal level, I would like to see that happen as I go yeah. to my pumpkin patch and pick another ginormous pumpkin. Yeah, I was thinking about that, but then because they're not equipment, it's not easy to make them pulverize, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, there should just but- be a smash link on those pumpkins. Yeah, if they don't already have a secondary uh, a secondary code link, which I don't think that they do, then I could uh, I could definitely see doing that. We should introduce another typo when we do that, and we'll wait another like six months before we fix it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Blister guy says, if it's not too much trouble, can we get a way to look up how much karma we have banked? I keep meaning to note it down as I come out of Valhalla, but never remember. Yeah, that's that. That was a concern that was raised. That when you're not in Valhalla, you have no way of seeing how much karma you have. I could toss that on the character sheet. I think. Yeah, or somebody like the hermit who's connected to spirituality could. Yeah, the two, 
Over yeah, at the, the temples, real, maybe. He's like the only one that recognizes you. That's true. Uh, let's see. Um, what do you really think, says Groly, about long tails of screwage? I use statistically unlikely very high values, but which will eventually happen after enough events, like not getting a potato for weeks in a row. Sometimes you cut them very short, key zap, sometimes very long, black pepper, sometimes not at all. So what do you think about them in general? I don't think that black pepper, the long tail of black pepper is cut off at very long. I mean, you need five of them, right? Five of the baskets to, to be guaranteed one, right? I don't, I like... I don't think that that's an unfriendly thing. You know, I don't like them in general, and I, I'm i not going to go on a quest to eliminate them, but I will eliminate them as I see them while I'm working on other stuff, like working on the stuff in which they, they pop up, right? Like, I really need to just turn the temple into a zone with some monsters in it. I need to stop trying to come up with some grand idea of what should be going on in the hidden temple and just make it a fucking zone like the zones we do in this video game. Right. You know? And uh, I've got, I've already got two of the three monsters and they're hilarious. We had that conversation, right? Yeah. The, the ba relief sheep. Hmm. That'll give you an opportunity to make a lot of, uh, in Soviet Russia, sheeps have sex with Scotsmen. Also, in this story, you're the Scotsman. You take eight damage. You don't know where you've been, but you see you've won first prize, and that prize is eight damage. Um, and then the Stone Temple Pirate. Yeah, that's a good one. That's funny because it makes fun of uh, relevant uh, m- sort of modern-day uh, topical uh, music and Asians. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make fun of Asians at all, and I didn't think about that. I did not consider... It did not even occur to me that that might be taken as making fun of Asians, but almost everybody that I tell takes it that way. It's really weird. Because it's not a, like we discussed, it's not a stone temper pirate. It's a stone temple uh, I just tried softcore for the first time in ages, and obviously I forgot to fill Hank's correctly. Why can't we use Hank meat to buy from the mall and into Hank again? See, when I start thinking about, like, maybe capitulating to allowing people to do that, then it becomes this thing where it's like, oh, I forgot to prepare for this run. I should go buy something so that I can, so that it can be as though I remembered to buy it in a previous run, and I can have all the advantages of that preparedness without actually going through with that preparedness. Like, when I, when I, like, because they did that in Twilight Heroes, like, the stuff that's in your storage, I'm pretty sure you can buy stuff in the mall and then pull it, and man, do I not like that idea. Yeah. Like, there. Uh, let's see. No show due to Comic Con. Change people talking about stuff. People thinking other things. Was there a show? Show hasn't happened yet. Has there been thought to making Zap One smart? In other words, if you have, say, two heavy Ds, an original G and a Ruby W, and Zap One heavy D, it would zap into a lowercase n or metallic A, as opposed to another original G or Ruby W. No, and that's one of those things where doing it with the keys, because that was a thing that just cost a bunch of days instead of a bunch of turns, makes people want the thing to work like that for everything. And no, I don't. The, the fact that there are certain things that reliably zap into other things is they're, they're anomalies, like a two-item outfit. It is not meant to be. It is meant to be a gamble, except with keys where it is meant to be less of a gamble, I guess. And once I do this, once I do the, the uh, yeah, I shouldn't say that. 
I'm sure I'm sure that nothing works the way that I think it does. So never mind. Hey, uh, I actually do kind of have to go to the bathroom at this point. Although I, I just need to tinkle, uh, not blast a deuce. Uh, do you think we could we could do our music break late in the game? Yeah. Hey, we didn't do a musical break. Uh, do you want to do just a, like a short, maybe uh, six minutes, say? Sure. Okay. We'll see you in six minutes. Hey, are we back? We're, We're back. back. We're back. Cool. Uh, there's a, a whole uh, a whole living room just got installed in an empty room in my house. There's a. A, a friend of a friend of ours has been uh, filming a movie and wanted to use my house for a couple of scenes that they had left to shoot. So it's like a pretend living room in your living room? It's a real living room. Yeah, it's because there were there were like sort of two living rooms in here and the uh, our, our roommate just moved out. And so there was like his living room was empty. And uh, yeah, so there's like all this there's all this like nice furniture in there now, which is weird. What is that all about? Um, this movie thing seems like it's pretty cool. It's like some time travel movie that they're making, and it, it seems to have like a reasonable budget, and like it's like a real thing. Cool. Um, so yeah, maybe that'll be cool someday. It's done. Saw so I saw some scenes from it on some dude's iPad, and it looks pretty neat. They had some crazy shit going on in a laboratory, and they were telling us how it all worked. Star Trek style dudes on the other sides of doors, sliding them open. That's kind of cool. I would enjoy sitting and listening to somebody explain just the, the effects. Yeah. And the practical effects and how they are accomplished. Yeah. By the way, that uh, uh, that new They Might Be Giants album is really good. Is it? And yeah, it's well worth picking up. It's I still haven't ripped it every time I come down here to play tracks from it. I can't because I've had the CD in my car for a couple of weeks now just listening to it over and over. What's it called? It's called Join Us. Okay. It uh, it gets back to having like both of them singing on the same track. Like somebody, the guy doing harmony is not just John Linnell again. It's John Flansburg. Oh yeah. And has <clears throat> a lot more of that interplay and feels a whole lot more of the like John Henry era than say the the spine or the else did. I I would call it a return to form. There are Ooh. songs on there that are my that are in my top ten of They Might Be Giants songs. Period. Sweet. So I, I recommend checking it out. Where you'll uh, you'll hate it since I've oversold it, but it's good. No. Is that is the cover of that album not a cover they've done with something uh, for something else before? They used it for the EP too. Okay. And for the EP, I get okay. I, it may look kind of similar to one of the other CD fives. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Super so much stuff. The, the, the problem, the problem with like embracing new media is that you, you end up with all this random shit that you can't tell if it's real or not. Huh? You know, like how many, they might be giants albums are there, right? Cause there was that period where it seemed like every week there was some new thing to download online. That was some collection of things that were on other things. Yeah. With 10 bonus tracks that were kind of tossed off in the studio. Yeah, like the spine had their cast your pod to the wind, which had some twenty tracks on it, and most of them were just we made a thirty second song about some guy who posted to our podcast forum. And huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that guy really any less cool than Idaho? The song wasn't all that cool. No. There are a couple of songs on Join Us that break my rule of 
I feel like songs have to be at least two minutes long to be a song. Oh, really? But which, like, Women and Men doesn't fall into that category. And yeah, that's, and that's, that's cool. certainly a song, but there are a couple of really nice, just little gems on there. See the Constellation, which is one of my favorites, if not my favorite, They Might Be Giant song, I think is less than two minutes long. Is it really? Yeah. Is it really short, or is it really one of my favorites? Well, no, I'm sure it's one of your favorites. It's a good song. Uh, I lost the thread. I lost the thread. Uh, Top1214 says, Pasta ghosts are awesome. Why can't I sell this awesomeness to other people? Because it's magic. You can't sell magic, otherwise the magic goes out of it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. A bunch of people talking about about shows and shows. Uh, Somebody talking about a sushi samurai. Uh, people sighing about no shows. People yeah. saying no shows again. You've forgotten what. Uh, the forgotten funny what thing I is, they're like, like, there are no Monday shows, and there were Monday shows. Like, there's no gap in the Monday shows. Yeah, well, I mean, it's because for every for every person that downloads the show from the archive, and that's how they know the show is a thing. There is one one hundredth of a person who listens to <laughs> right. it live. Some would have expressed that the other way around, but I, sure. I salute your. Your take on it. All uh, right. Uh, hmm? Hmm? What the hell? What the hell? Uh, PMing radio. Boy. How much effort does Jake put into drawing pictures for the game? Do you start by drawing a penis and work from that? E.g. Azazel's temple? <sighs> that was whack. And that, que- that you know, uh, what I meant was that question was whack, and the person who posted it was the user whack. <laughs> uh, I put... A reasonable amount of effort into drawing pictures for the game. They were definitely like hastily scrawled in the beginning, and I would use stuff that I had laying around that I hadn't drawn specifically for the game. But I'm a lot more careful about it now. Okay. And yeah, Scully remarked about Azazel's temple that he was like, "Well, you've—I uh, forget what your exact remark was you, for you, the people for the people who complain that your buildings that all of your drawings look like penises or vaginas. This will show them." Right. I can, because it looks like a hand of a vagina. I can see that if you're the guy who drew it, you drew horns, and in between the horns are is like kind of an archway, and at the bottom of the this kind of ornate archway, there's a door. And if you drew that, I don't think that you would see that the horns might maybe look like labia spread apart, mm-hmm. and the the hole might look like the the vaginal entrance. I understand that. I don't think that, that you did that one on purpose at all. I've also never seen a lady's vagina. That's true. As evidenced by the two on either side of the main temple, that there's no hole. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a hole there? Uh, yeah, occasionally. If you're That's having far. sex at the bottom of the sea, <laughs> there's a hole. Uh, Lokiator says Dungeon Fist involves an awful lot of clicking the attack button Often up to 16 times in a single battle Seems to generate a lot of lag if I play more than 2 or 3 times in a session Would you consider putting in a button Labeled Fight to the Death that simulates hitting attack Until either the battle is over or your character dies You know, I would consider Setting a flag the first time you play A perfect game of Dungeon Fist That lets you just play a perfect game of Dungeon (laughs) Fist In a single click Uh, Because that's not You know Like yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, let's see. Familyhotdog.com doesn't... Oh, oh, I see. Man. I haven't registered it, and I will. 
Yeah, somebody else is going to get to it now. Please don't go ahead and register it on my behalf. There is that thing where my uh, Gmail for Skullhead is m.skullhead instead of mr.skullhead because one of our players registered it for me so nobody else would get it. Cool. And in the time that it took to figure that out, he and I had a falling out. And then a couple of years afterwards, he's forgotten the password to it. Oh, neat. So I will ever be m.skullhead and forever be explaining that to people. Mm. And forever revealing your personal email address on podcasts that thousands of people listen to. That's not so my. They, that's not my personal address. That's my business address. Oh, okay. Uh, Deadnet says, "Jick, you're not going to make it this far down the thread, are you?" Oh, buddy, buddy, am I? Uh, Arashman says, "I have my reservations as to how far he'll get. Maybe he could get a forum mod to split off the thread from where he ends for the fresh questions or not. But I'll ask my question anyway, based on Gamelli's advice in the other thread. It seems that our forum signature character sheets list path none when we're doing bees hate you. Could it be changed to reflect either path challenge or path bees hate you? It does show as the latter for our in-game profile, so maybe it could just be made to display the readout from there. Yeah, I think we just forgot about the sig generator. When I have a little list that's like challenge path checklist." Uh, but I certainly didn't put that on it because I have no idea how any of that shit works. Um, probably, well, we can maybe just actually put a database table in that's like path IDs and names, and that would make that a lot easier than having to remember to... Man, thinking about how much work it used to be to like add a familiar or an outfit, anything that's even a little bit like that, you'd think I would just generalize that right away. Uh, Darzil says, is there a way to remove whitelists from a character other than the clans themselves removing them? If not, could this be added? Uh, yeah, no, no. Somebody somebody addresses this later. Like, there's no reason to do that except to be an asshole. Mm. And so that people know that you're being an asshole. So just, you know, it's not hurting you to be whitelisted to a clan. Unless the clan is like, this is Ephot. So let's say there's a clan that's like, Ephot is a dirty jerk. And you whitelist. No, it wasn't Ephot. It was Darzil. Oh, let's see. Uh, Faith asking about microtransactions in Diablo 3. We already talked about that. Uh, bonus question, says M. Steeler. Were you guys going to post an announcement regarding the shiny new Mr. Store item being available? Yeah, I just forgot. And you know, I you'd ended rather up using us forget that, right? You'd rather us forget to put the announcement than forget to put the item, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I used up, like, all of the available time. Like, I I, I was working on this. We're going to do it. I'm like, oh, I'll just, I can, I can finish this up. I had such a hard time doing anything the last couple of days that I was in San Diego. Like, it was like, oh, I can't do that because this is packed and I can't, I can't like, I hate that. I hate that period between when your trip ends and you get home. And sometimes that period encompasses like an entire day. Yeah. And that just, it sucks, man. I just, I needed it on Saturday. I needed to get everything ready so that on Sunday I could just wake up, get in the car and leave. Because if I don't just wake up and get in the car and leave on the day that I'm going home, I am just super pissed off for all of the time that passes until I get in the car and leave. Hmm. Because it's just like, the, this time is just worth nothing. It is time to go home. Right. Um, but all of Saturday felt like that to me, and I just didn't. So I was like, well, 
I'm going home early, so I'll just go home and then finish up the item of the month stuff because there's not that much work left. And then it ended up taking just exactly all of the time that I had left. And I finished it like six minutes before rollover. I mean, it was doable. I'd left, I'd left cosmetic things for the end, you know, but those cosmetic things were still real things. Anyway, so I, uh, I posted an announcement today. John Patrick McPuh says, On the subject of journals, I have to agree with Jick. I'm a longtime player who took a hiatus for a while and just getting back into regular play. That said, even I am overwhelmed sometimes with the sheer amount of content and things to do in a given day. So in order to remember, I run Mafia, which scripts many of the things I would otherwise forget. One of the great things about KOL is the scripting community for the hardcore players to allow them to tailor the game to play the way they play the game. If it's just a percentage of the game community who want the all-inclusive journal, then simply work out a Grease Monkey script or a Mafia script that can give you what you're looking for. Why complicate the core game when this is clearly something only a small group of players would get a full use of? Uh, also, can we get the podcast archive updated for the last couple of weeks, please? Gosh, you guys, and you're wanting to listen to shit. Uh, Davik says, let's look at the other side of the coin. With the newest familiar, there are now seven familiars that drop limited times per day content. Badger, Pixie, Llama, Sandring, Rogue Program, Xenomorph, Stomping Boots. Did I miss any? Keeping track of how many items each familiar has dropped today is becoming more and more cumbersome. The game already keeps track of how many have dropped, and it has to because it has to know when to stop. Making those counters visible should be a trivial change. This is something that would benefit every player who has even one of those familiars, which is, I suspect, not a small group of players. So I force everyone to rely on third-party scripts and or post-it notes stuck to the monitor when a simple change to the core game would benefit a huge number of players. What I'm curious about, though, is how many players that have a badger at this point to how many of them is it critical that they get all five of their mushrooms out of the badger every day right I, I, I think the first guy is understating the extent to which this is a thing and the second guy is overstating the extent to which this is a thing and you know somewhere in the middle is the right decision and you know I don't know where that is yet I guess that it would be fine for that diary page of the quest log to just say like my badger dropped a mushroom today. It was totally sweet. <laughs> and then my badger dropped two mushrooms today. I rubbed them on each of my balls. You know, if we had something funny to say. Right. About each of them. Like about rubbing stuff on your balls. Azulian says, kind of a silly question, but can we get a mall store revamp? Here's my humble requests. One, better inventory page. You have a page to manage prices. Why not just make that the default page and add a few nice bonuses? For example, adding in an option to view the five cheapest prices for each item would help avoid the 2,000% markdown but once per day issue. Maybe I'm the only one who suffers that. I'm always checking them all before putting items up. No, I feel like everybody pretty much has to do that. Uh, two, better stats. Yes, it seems silly, but I'd love to have some more complete statistics regarding what's sold, when, and for how much. You guys have already covered this, but only for a short period. Maybe now that the servers are improved, you can keep the stats for longer, include some fancy graphs and technical spreadsheets so I can feel like a fakeonomics buff. I don't know about that. We probably could keep the stats for longer. You know, we could get away with it, but, like, we've got all this extra database server now, and using it up on stuff like that is probably not the right road to go down uh take stuff from the mall and place it into hanks i'm not sure if this is already possible but it helps to alleviate some hardcore stress mm. uh, four stock items at recent prices maybe not by default but maybe an option to mm. we talked about that and it's it's hard to you know if it's a checkbox then everybody checks it and it still has that problem where every once in a while it screws you if you make a mistake mm. um 
I know that the mall is very much a secondary part of the game, he continues, but I have, since I've been too lazy to ascend, I've been going through all my accumulated crap and making a small fortune off of it. I think mall stores are in need of some TLC, and maybe they should be able to chase waterfalls if they want to. The front end of the stores, which is what the shopper sees, is great. Only the back end, or, uh, haha, or shopkeep UI needs a bit of an update. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying that in response to people saying, hey, this kind of blows. It has needed some love for a really long time because that's a, that is an extremely old extremely ugly interface and it's one that a lot of people spend a lot of time in um thanks for the tolerance hope you had fun at comic-con which you did stupid question thanks for a cool new familiar to play around with well gosh you're welcome indeed uh erich just continues being a jerk knock it off erich <laughs> um well we're out of those questions Oh, wait. Sweet. No, no. Did people post more? Did people post more? I don't know if people posted more. I don't think so. No, I guess they didn't. Uh, we can what are we going to do? Hop over to the twatter for a bit. Oh, yeah. Do we have some twatters? There are a few. Sweet. I'm going to log into it. Mm-hmm. Or you could you could read it if you're already logged into it. Uh, the office troll says, I know it's a bit nitpicky, but can we have things I can use filter out bee items during a bee's hate you run? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, I, um, you can... Oh, I mean, like, usable items, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not a feature to add two weeks before right. the thing goes away. Um, the Geo says, With how well the comic Kickstarter is going, any chance of seeing a Kingdom of Loathing pen and paper RPG or something? Board game? I mean, the thing that's stopping us from doing a KOL pen and paper RPG is not that we can't afford to get it printed. It's that right. we don't. At least from where I'm standing, I don't think it's worth the time right. that it would take to do it. I mean, we could probably make a crappy one by just cutting and pasting a bunch of existing writing from the game. I mean, it wouldn't be crappy because the writing was crappy. It would be crappy because a lot of the descriptions wouldn't make any sense right. if they were supposed to be descriptions in a vacuum. I, uh, I would still love to see some kind of card game, but I don't know what it would look like. So, I don't know. The game that we built that little card game for a long time ago is no longer anything like this game. Yeah. The reason that the comic book was possible is that it's so separate that I could take the Kingdom universe and kind of trim out the stuff that only made sense if you're playing a game. And some of the more... Some things that would give pause to somebody who had never heard of the universe before... And so I, I got to make this kind of parallel universe where Kingdom is a little more, like, a little more fit out to be a place where you tell stories, right? Yeah. And we would we could do something like that for a, a card game or a board sure. game. But should we? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, like, I'm all the time thinking of, like, you know, uh, every time I play a board game, it makes me want to make a board game. Every time I play a card game, it makes me want to make a card game, right? I mean, that's just yeah. sort of what it's like living inside my head. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I like the idea of making an Agricola-style game where you are like a party of adventurers. Huh. You know? Um, a resource management game that's dungeon crawl themed and like dungeon lords is like that but you're making a dungeon and it's like uh there are some things about dungeon lords that i really don't like very much i feel like it it puts focus on some things that i don't particularly enjoy about agricola and it's weird because 
Agricola is about making an awesome farm, and Dungeon Lords is about making an awesome dungeon. And I think I like dungeons more than I like farms, <laughs> but I like making an awesome farm more than I like making an awesome dungeon in that game. And more that stuff just continues to, to argue that the phrase make an awesome farm doesn't mean anything because there's <laughs> no such thing as an awesome farm. Oh, this year's crop of awesome is going to come in late. Should have planned it's where they grow. It's where they grow the awesome sauce. Or whatever you, you squeeze to get the awesome sauce out. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a tomato plant is what grows the tomato sauce. Exactly. Uh, Nagaro Foxpaw says, Jick, you should increase the number of clan announcements displayed in the clan hall to five instead of three. Seriously. You get a lot of complaints about clan announcements. Hmm. I think three is enough. I don't know if three is enough. We should change it to eight. eight. Nobody would argue that that wasn't enough. Really enough. Minor Annoyance says, Hey, I just heard KOL canceled their U.S. tour. You were on a U.S. tour? Yeah. Not anymore. We toured San Diego, but we canceled it. Because it turns out we're doofs. That was, I don't know where I was going with that sentence, but I stopped <laughs> midway through and described doofs. <laughs> They're a bunch of doofs. We should add some doof food to the palindrome. palindrome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think it would be funny to put in something in the palindrome that's incredibly useful for level one players that's a noob boon. Mm-hmm. Or a noop spoon, but I don't know what a noop is. Yeah. Uh, uh, poon snoop. <laughs> it's a new familiar that helps you get laid. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Minty Giant says, I'm adding the hidden temple to my list of names for concept strip clubs. Consider adding a hidden champagne room to the revamp. Uh, it's Asian strippers. Pirate strippers. <laughs> so they fly uh, planes in between stripping? Concept strip clubs. I, I would probably go to a concept strip club. I might go to a theme strip club. I would love to go to one of the themed burlesque shows. Like the there were there was a Star Wars one. There was an <clears throat> like an eight bit Nintendo one, where all the boobs were square. I guess I assume. There was a Muppet themed one. That was interesting. Huh. I caught the very very end of a like a sci fi burlesque show at one point when I was in. Uh when I was in San Francisco, but it was like, it was the tail end and then I think the show was actually over. And so it was just a bunch of like girls in Barbarella looking clothes, like go-go dancing. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. Like that seems like a background entertainment as opposed to a thing that you would go see. The show, the burlesque shows I've been to see, I haven't been sorry. Yeah. They're fun. Like, not, like, give you a boner, really, but, like, watching somebody artfully strip and dance around is an interesting thing to watch. Do they still have, like, comedians come out between them? The Yeah, like, one that I went to had, like, a stripper and then the comedy act and a stripper and then some guy doing magic tricks kind of thing. See, I know, I know, I know what you're going to read into this, but I, I'm all about seeing some guys do comedy and some guys do magic acts. If we could just get when it those, comes to naked ladies, though, I'm afraid. Get those strippers out of there. I reject the notion that uh, burlesque is 
just like a strip club, only the women are fatter. I think that's a that's a gross simplification. I mean, that's certainly the space that it occupies in my head. Right. When I hear when I hear that, it's like, oh, okay. It's fun. I haven't been sorry the times that I've been to see them, but you know, I think a naked woman's worth looking at. So, uh huh. You know, well, your mileage we're just vary. Gonna, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. You're, uh, and we're also gonna have to agree to stop being on the radio. If we must. Uh, Not permanently, just for a week. Yeah. Alright, so in a couple of weeks, we're going to upload this show, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.